0: How strong do you feel this evening? Mealy's feeling pretty tough. Everyone else, I'm not impressed. I'm going to read from uh, Isaiah some really well known verses Isaiah chapter 40, uh, 28 to 31. Here we go. Have you not known? Have you not heard? They shall walk and not faint. If you know Ron Canoli, I'd feel like cracking into song there, but no one knows Ron Canoli, so yes, well, I won't sing it. Don't worry. So, so these verses are about strength. Obviously, the limited and temporary strength of humans, contrasted with the limitless and eternal strength of God. So, I asked you, how strong you you feel this evening? And uh, if you're anything like me, you don't feel particularly strong at all. At the moment. But um, even if you do feel strong, like Amelia, all physical strength that is given apart from God will fade. No matter how strong you are, at some point that strength will leave you. And the, the same is true of mental strength, and the same is true of all efforts to acquire spiritual strength independently of God. Even youths, like Amelia, sorry to keep saying your name, <laughs> but you're a youth, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men. Sure. What's why are you' laughing? <laughs> Young men shall fall exhausted. So I wonder how you renew your strength? Coffee I'm trying to cut back on the amount of coffee I'm drinking. What kind of things do you do to renew your strength? Rest. Resting, yeah. Banana. Eating a, I'd a banana, Yep. Yeah. A bit of potassium. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It doesn't work for me, that. no. So maybe sitting with your feet up with a good book, I don't know, a cup of tea. Walk by the sea, perhaps, to renew your strength. Well, we're going on holiday to Malta for a week on Thursday, which will be nice. We're going with two live wire kids. So you know that feeling when you come back from holiday? That's Golden Bay, by the way, in Malta. That feeling when you come back from holiday and you feel like you need another holiday (laughs) to to rest from your holiday that you've just had. Well, that's kind of what it's like when we try to renew our own strength in our own strength. It just, it doesn't work. But contrasted with our own strength is God's strength. And his strength is obviously so much better than our natural strength. Because he is the giver of strength. He's the source of strength. He's everlasting His strength never fades. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He creates and sustains. He never grows tired. He never faints. He never grows weary. Let me tell you a few things about the strength of God. So firstly, God is strong. Psalm 46, verse 1, the psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. This is our God. And God has shown strength and help in the past. We can look back on in the Bible to his people and we think straight away of Moses having experienced God parting the waters of the Red Sea. He gets to the side and he sings his song, the Lord is my strength. And my song, he's become my salvation. They couldn't have crossed the Red Sea without God. There was this like, strength and power that came apart from Moses, apart from the people. God turned up and showed his strength. Uh, Psalm 77, the psalmist writes, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. You've made known your might. He's made known his might to us. And perhaps more than anything else, God's power and strength is shown in Christ through the resurrection. Paul writes to the Romans, Jesus was declared to be the son of God in power. According to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is a strong God. And Paul, again, Paul's experienced God's strength to do all that God requires of him. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And we're actually commanded in the Bible to be strong. Paul again writes, the Ephesians, finally be strong in the Lord. We have to be strong, commanded to be strong in him and in the strength of his might. And then God promises to strengthen us. He promises strength for us. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God is strong. strong he promises to strengthen us we're commanded to be strong in him we need strength more than our own strength we need his strength and he's able to provide it so my question is how how do we get his strength well Isaiah 40:31 they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength what do you find yourself waiting for in life more than anything else Don't answer that question. I wonder wonder how good you are at waiting. Because those who wait for the Lord is, is very different from waiting for a bus or waiting for paint to dry. Very different. Waiting for God involves being quiet in his presence. And we'll do that later on. Literally waiting, but being still. Waiting for his spirit to come and infuse us with strength in power. But it's not an inactive waiting. It's a waiting that is being aware of his presence with you. A waiting filled with expectancy, knowing that he is going to come and meet you in a special way. And this is what wait means in this verse, but there's more to it than that. Because something supernatural happens whilst we sit and wait, or stand, or whatever, and wait in the presence of God by that strength. Something supernatural happens. In, in the original language, which is Hebrew, the word translated weight is uh, kava, the root of which is kav. And, and to explain this, you know, don't click yet, please, you know that, that, that feeling when you, you feel like you could snap at any moment, is anyone familiar with that feeling? where well, there's just stress and pressure, and you're like, if anything else, happens, I'm just going to snap. You're at the end of your rope. It's like you're hanging on by a thread, either physically or mentally, and, and you feel like that thread could just break, and that's it. Well, this word kava, it's, it's not just one thread or cord, but the word kava is a picture of a few cords being twisted Around each other. Let's have a click now. One cord on its own has a certain amount of strength but its strength is very limited. If you think about like a a thin piece of cotton or something and you tie a a, a one kilogram weight to it and you jog it up and down enough it'll get tense and it'll snap. But if you tie lots of cords together they'll be stronger and they'll be able to carry the weight uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12 tells us, a threefold cold is not quickly broken. And, and that is the picture that this verse gives us. Those who cover for the Lord shall renew their strength. That's what the word weight literally translates as. So if it's true of natural cords being twisted together, they can hold more weight, they're stronger. How much more strength will be generated If we are the cause and we're being twisted together, intertwined with God himself. He is strengthening us as we are joining to him, linking with him. His spirit is strengthening our spirits. And this is exactly what the, 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 the word weight means, cover. Those who cover with the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll get stronger. Because on our own, in our own resources, we all know we're just like one piece of thread that can just snap really easily, too easily. But those who are intertwined with God will renew their strength. Those whose spirits are intertwined and joined or linked in that way to the Spirit of God will cause us to receive his strength. So, so why wait? Why, why is this word "cover" translated wait? Why not write? They who intertwine themselves with God like cords being twisted together to form a rope shall renew their strength. It's not quite as easily memorable, is it? And so that's a literal translation of the word "cover." The, the figurative translation, if you like, is, is wait. So to kava with God is to wait on him. It doesn't happen instantly. Waiting on God isn't passive, as we've already said. To wait on God is to direct our hearts and our minds towards him and to pray in this moment God I want to intertwine myself with you it's not an instant quick fix it's part of what it is to be in relationship with God to draw near to God to become intertwined with him requires naturally that we wait in his presence for that to happen but it's an active waiting it's a waiting with expectancy it's a waiting with purpose And in that waiting, we cover with him. We become intertwined in such a way with him that we receive his strength. But the meaning of the word wait goes deeper than that. The Septuagint, which is the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uses the word hupomeno for Wait and hupo meaning under, as in under the rule of someone, and, and meno, which means to abide or remain. And, and, and the word in, in throughout the New Testament is, is um, commonly translated endure or endurance. So those who wait for the Lord are also those who remain under the rule of God, those who endure their circumstances, but not with a kind of fatalistic resignation of what will be, what, what will be, will be, but but those who endure with an expectancy of God working in their circumstance, working through their circumstance, of God coming to rescue as well and and to lift up, but also to energise and strengthen in that endurance, in that circumstance. Huponimo, waiting for God, a continual, unchanging relationship of patiently remaining or abiding under. So the act of waiting... By definition, is a slow one. If you're waiting, then nothing is happening quickly. Waiting by nature requires endurance. But those who wait for the Lord are not waiting for a change in their circumstance. They're waiting for God. Those who wait for the Lord are placing themselves under His rule and reign. They're submitting themselves to His ways. They're actively drawing near to God, waiting with expectancy for him to come and infuse strength, for him to come to cause, to rise up, to raise them up. And enduring is not with gritted teeth and grimace, hanging on for dear life, because that would just be like that one thread. But it's an enduring that is marked by an Isaiah forty thirty one, kind of waiting, allowing God to entwine himself with our spirits as we wait on him, as we endure, as we submit, as we wait with expectancy for him to come. And in this waiting, in this spiritual strengthening, spiritual intertwining that goes on, what happens is God causes us to mount up with wings, as eagles. Eagles soar with huge wings. There's an eagle. And they use the thermal currents in the air to soar high above the ground, high above mountains. And once they're up there, it's effortless. And and they mount up on these thermal currents and they soar. Another reference to eagles' wings is in Exodus 19.4. You yourselves, God said, Have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. And this is God speaking to Moses, telling him what to say to the Israelites. And, and this comes after the miraculous rescue from slavery in Egypt. And it's after the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea. And it's after the Israelites are hungry and God provides manna from heaven. And it's after they're thirsty in the wilderness and God provides a flow of fresh water from a rock. In, in other words, it, it's after God doing something for the Israelites that they couldn't themselves do. In other words, God is saying, I bore you on e-